Hello and welcome to Sustainability Spotlights, a podcast by the McGill Journal of Sustainable Development Law. I'm Laura. My name is Leo, and I'm so excited today to talk with Professor Parissa Aria. Professor Aria is the James McGill Professor of Chemistry and Atmospheric and Oceanic Sciences at McGill University. We spoke with her about green chemistry, air pollution, and the impact of COVID-19 on environmental health. So let's get started. Thank you for joining us, Professor Aria. Thank you very much for having me. To start, can you tell us briefly about yourself and your career? I am a physical chemist who has uh, who has been fortunate enough to be able to go from high resolution spectroscopy background to atmospheric sciences and also health. So my research is focused on particles in air, in water, the formation processes, physical chemical formation processes, as well as uh, uh, being able to do fundamental understanding of this transformation in the planetary atmosphere, such as the planet Earth. And I was also fortunate enough to be able to do, develop novel technology for pollution remediation in water, air, and soil, as well as the development of smart uh, sensors for observation of variety of pollutants, as well as actually recently we are developing it for microbes, including viruses, in situ and in real time. And we are very much heavily uh, work with uh, uh, intellectual, uh, uh, basically variety of uh, artificial intelligence and automation to make them to be operated uh, remotely as well. So we have quite a bit of fun from various domains and uh, I am fortunate to bring physicists and chemists, but also engineers and medical doctors in our labs. So we have quite a bit of fun in, uh, in our labs. Yeah, it sounds like your, your research ties a lot into sustainability. So my next question was, how does your research impact environmental sustainability and the health of communities? Yeah, actually, when I started with the sustainable uh, technology was because I was involved with uh, United Nations reports for Mercury. And I was leading a chapter on transformation, uh, both in 2004 and 2009. And I was always actually puzzled because when we go to the international treaties and so forth, people, of course, have different stakeholders with different interests and different uh, priorities. But uh, uh, to me, it seemed that there should be options that we can do effective, efficient, as well as uh, um, uh, sustainable technology. But uh, one, and that was why I started to develop the, using the airborne nanoparticles and using natural material instead of synthesizing uh, other material. We synthesize it too, but we don't release it. We do not release any material, even you think it is sustainable. And the reason is very simple. You know, green chemistry, and I'm part of it, I've been one of the part of the funding members as well from the beginning, but it is not, we know many things that has been known as a green or chemistry or technology have shown to be disaster. One of them is CFCs that has been to the uh, destroyed our ozone uh, hole. Many of the sedimentation of the rivers in the Europe, the, re, uh, the replacement for CFC, CHFCs that are disasters and so forth. So what I want to make sure you recognize, rule number one is, 
if you want to be sustainable for the planet, do not release new material in it. You can do many steps before uh, that to make sure to reduce the emissions by decreasing the uh, emission of uh, natural material because once you put it in, they have their life of their own. They get transformed very rapidly, spatially, with a different spatial and temporal uh, scales. So you cannot uh, think that the one you get, and it seems to be non-toxic, it seems to be working well, it will be the one in an hour, in two hours, in 10 years. They will be transformed. And those secondary and tertiary processes should be understood, of course, before designing it. But having even, even you consider that, we don't make it res uh, res uh, re uh, uh, released to the environment, we re recycle them. For example, with the development of, for, for removal of VOC, nanoparticles, mercury, variety of trace metals, even emerging contaminant, we remove them with absorption, with no energy, and we use them, and it's much easier to synthesize them. That is the easiest way. But we go to the hard way to make sure that we do not use them and uh, then recycle them using solar-based electrochemistry, or as we did in Nature Publishing of the Physical Reports, directly using water. And those processes are not the easiest solution, but for the planet is right. And there is a difference, it's easier to do something, it looks just, but it's much harder to do something that is right for the planet. I mean, that one is we do not release them. And yes. that's what I want to make sure people do because people tend to have a short memory. They forget how many times over and over again. Many people with a very good heart. I mean, look at plastics. The, the bag, plastic bags, the person who did it wanted to use something that actually lasts longer so that people use less material. And guess what? What happens? What we are seeing it right now, and again, ozone hole sedimentation. Those are all the good people with good intention, but forget one rule: nature is smarter than all of us together, and we do not know all of the processes that goes in nature. And for doing that, if you are smart enough, do not release to the environment. Yeah. It, it just that seems that in, in our consumer world, it's hard because everyone's trying to buy things these days. Absolutely. But you can change what if you learn one lesson from COVID means we are capable of drastically change our lifestyle for, for and adaptability. And that adaptability is amazing. And I think we learn from it and we build up on it because there are always easy to put a bandage on a major challenge. But right now with the climate change crisis, we don't need a bandage, we need drastic change of the society. And that one becomes as well as just make sure that yes, we can move with the technology. I remember when we started doing the solar light in the lab, uh, solar energy wasn't sexy 15 years ago. But we were doing it, even though it wasn't that efficient, and we made it more efficient afterwards. But you have to make sure that we uh, think thoughtfully for the processes and make sure that we do not go with the uh, vanity of believing we know nature. Because if we know more, we know that we really don't know all the processes. And if you're smart enough, you would be not understanding some of the major part and putting the integration. However, it doesn't mean that releasing it, uh, the fate you would be able to do it. And again, 
I don't want to reiterate myself. We have numerous examples of how we made a mistake from people with a very good heart who wanted to do good, but they forgot one simple step for the sustainability. If you throw new materials and new type of energy or transfer music, it's not the first step. It's many steps that comes all together that can actually provide adverse effect globally. Yeah. On that note, what do you think are the biggest political or economic barriers to, to reducing pollution? Actually, I think uh, you have to make the major, um, major point is at the end is money. If you look at the air pollution here in history, you know, air pollution, for example, uh, Romans were making air pollution. And it, uh, 2000 years ago, they had the, the limit for air pollution. They called, uh, they said that you know, pollution is not allowed, air pollution. You, you have to make it as a way that it is uh, bring the moral aspect higher. It is for all of us. And at the bottom line for industry is cost. You have to bring the cost down and make it more sustainable, uh, more uh, uh, versatile, your pro the product, so that they know that it's not only you, you help them to the short term, in middle term, and long term. And of course, I bring the uh, partners in industry as well to bring their level higher because we shouldn't go and make their work. They have to work with us to bring themselves up because. Having access to clean air, clean water, clean soil, it is a human right, and it should be treated as such. It doesn't have any nationality. Molecular theirs don't have passports. They can go from one place to another. That interdependence make it as such that we have to go below our egos, below our self-interest, and make it as such that we serve each other better. Because our planet, we have only one. And uh, I, even though there are some, uh, uh, few, uh, some ongoing attempts to uh, colonize other stuff, including from industries happening, uh, for the time being, this is the most reliable planet we have at the moment. And we should save it for the future and also for other parts of the ecosystem, not only us. You're not uh, using, doing what we are supposed to do, to live in concert with our ecosystem. And you're destroying it. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is the only planet we have. That those are very true words. Um, so, with with the recent COVID nineteen pandemic, we've seen that you know a lot of emissions have have gone down, and it seems that you know the Earth is actually doing better when when humans are under this pandemic. So, I was wondering, how, how do you think the COVID nineteen pandemic has affected sustainable development? Uh, actually, we have to recognize to understand one thing, that in air uh, atmosphere is the fastest moving fluid. And that's why in many processes from climate change, climate change means cl change of the climate, it is average long-term measurement of weather, light, air. That is what it is. So it's a physical chemical processes that we're talking about. So air, because it's the fastest moving fluid, it can actually affect the transfer of the molecule very efficiently to the other parts. So it is kind of example for water. Air interaction with parts, the number of the parts that molecules that exchange it is much higher than any other part of ecosystem because water is much slower, soil is uh, over much, much slower and so forth. Uh, of course, if, you, uh, if I simplify it. 
So in this case, because air is that fastest moving fluid, it's like an airport. It's not, a, not many people that stay there, but people exchange there. And this ability right now, the air quality has gone down. In Montreal, we had uh, during the total blackout, the number of the uh, top priority of international panel for climate change, which is airborne particles, which is coincided, coincided, coincided uh, in coincident, it has uh, also the top priority of the World Health Organization, those party buildings in air, those are the major priority. And those went down drastically, showing the anthropogenic effect is quite important in their production. So that one is something we have to be, uh, consider very much. The major priority of two organizations that have totally different priorities generally, but they come together on the importance of the particles from different angles, from different interests, that physical chemical properties, such as their size, their uh, transformation, their contact angle, their, and many others are important. That one, they recognize that anthropogenic activity before people didn't sure ah, the natural models do a lot too. They are. But if we see such a drastic decrease during the COVID means, hello, the importance of the anthropogenic activity, human activity is significant. We see pollutants such as NOx, for example, all of the data is publishing is carbon with the black carbon and many others. And black carbon, for example, is kind of interesting because it can be produced from natural burning of the fire too. But you recognize, hey, with the COVID, that number goes significantly lower too. So many times that many industries, they say, oh no, that one is for the natural burning. This is, excuse me, it must be, it is portionally. But you cannot say that the same year, <laughs> over the years, if you take a big data, it shows that statistically the trend that is, we are drastically changing our planet and we can stop as we did during the COVID, or we can actually become smarter to change our lifestyle. Now you learn the lesson, for example, you don't need to always transport to the work. You can do some of the work remotely. That one decreases hugely the transport. Transport is one of the major uh, sections that emits the, uh, the, uh, the greenhouse gases as well as particles. Noting the major uncertainty of climate is not greenhouse gases, it is particles. Over and over again, we hear that misspoken uh, statement, the major uncertainty in all area of climate change, that we see the uncertainty, this is related to aerosols, these particles, and how they form cloud and interactive cloud. So in both aspects, we see a decrease during the COVID. So if we can control in these areas better, more responsibly, which are several major sectors, if we decrease them, as for example, doing half of your work remotely or going back to the places, don't go with the uh, airplane all over the world, go just once in a while. And you, you, know, you wanna have fun of your life over it and use the more virtual instead of uh, using resources, we would be able to decrease the numbers in a way that we can live with it. We have shown it already even worse than that we can live with it. And understand how we can actually have fun for the local and uh, regional aspect, how we can explore them more and again have interaction 
virtually as part of the life instead of using material as, and uh, using fuels uh, to pollute our environment. Thank you. My um, pleasure. For, for listeners out there, I hope you learned a lot about aerosol pollution. I, I certainly learned how important it is um, in our fight against climate change. I didn't realize how important aerosol pollution was. But thank you so much for your time, Professor my, Aria, and best of luck on all your future endeavors. My, uh, my, uh, my pleasure, and ask everyone, and I, I ask everyone, please do our best to help our planet and to help ourselves to survive. Have a good day. Thank you. Thanks to Professor Aria for offering her time and insights and a great conversation with us. See you next time.